0: Hi my friends, welcome back to Gardo Goes Geek, and in this special little bonus episode I'm going to be revisiting something I covered earlier in season three, The War of the Worlds, because recently I attended the War of the Worlds immersive experience by Jeff Wayne and Layered Reality that took place in London, a combination of theatre, stage show, music performance, and visual theatre. And I thought I'd give a nice little review on the content there and what it adds to the universe of War of the Worlds. Uh, First of all, I want to reintroduce my wife Tallulah, who is here with me again.
1: Hello, pleased to be back.
0: (laughs) You're going to help me review this one, aren't you? Yeah, oh,
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: Um so yes, uh, I believe I mentioned in my War of the Worlds episode that while I was researching that and watching uh all these videos and looking up articles about War of the Worlds, we started seeing the adverts for the immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were both sat thinking it was it looked really, really good. Yeah, oh yeah. But um probably wouldn't be able to afford it anytime soon. And then lo and behold,
1: I got it for your birthday. You did. <laughs> for your birthday present.
0: It was. Um, and then we had, what, a few months between April yeah. and August.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to go down and see it. And I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I was a bit nervous before we went in because you don't really see very much, so you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, um, the the street it's on in, in London... Um, in like the old old industrial yeah. district i think um but like a lot of that has been turned to offices and the building that it's actually kept in at the minute had like a whole load of construction yeah. works going yeah. on around the outside it just
1: print, printed signs saying war of the world's this yeah
0: <laughs> which is a bit unfortunate for it because it means it doesn't have quite the street presence that it yeah. probably should especially because when we actually got into the the bar yeah the bars done in a very victorian style
1: yeah
0: and that um, echoed into the windows steam. yeah yeah like well, the windows had these big nice glorious arches yeah. and stuff like that so but,
1: but i don't know in a way though because it was so out of the way it felt a bit more oh what's it? not secret secret's not the word i'm looking for but mm. because a lot of it was sort of like all talking about secrets and things kept hush hush and And then it was a really unassuming building. I just thought that was quite cool. Don't go too into spoilers. We'll do do a spoiler (laughs) section
0: in a bit. Um, But yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, So brief outline um, for our listeners. Um, War of the Worlds was the novel by H.G. Wells. It's been adapted several times throughout the years. And the adaptation that I found myself most enjoying and one that has become a franchise almost on its own right, um, with the amount of adaptations that it has had, is the musical version done by Jeff Wayne. Yeah. Um,
1: Our our whole family loves that. Yes. Even our our kids who are aged between, how old are they now, 15 and 6. Yeah. And they all love it as well.
0: Yeah, and it was the... I think I'd heard it for the first time doing the podcast uh, earlier in the year, and it was the... The version of War of the Worlds that I think I enjoyed the most as well, Mm. um, in terms of the adaptation, because it it, it essentially was the story, just with music. Yeah. Like, it kept the Victorian setting, it did a lot of things that I really enjoyed.
1: And it's a very weird, like, it feels visual, even though it's music.
0: Yes. It
1: sort of... The music is such that you can picture what's happening.
0: Yes and of course you do have the, the lovely narration from yeah. either Richard Burton or Liam Neeson depending on which version yeah. of the album you're listening to. Um, then you also have that's obviously been adapted into a, a live stage show which is uh, halfway between a music concert and a, a film and,
1: and like and a stage musical, like a stage musical yeah. as well. It's
0: very bizarre. Very good though. Um, there is a Live version of it that was recorded in twenty eighteen, which um, we watched on Sky Arts yeah. um, on Now TV. I
1: definitely re- recommend it. It's definitely worth.
0: A yeah, watch. I think if you can't go and see it live anytime soon, at least you owe itself to, you owe it to watch it live. Especially because I think that's the best mix of the music. Yeah. Um, because the the original album is obviously very orchestral and there's rock elements in it like a lot yeah. of progressive rock elements but then the the second album the next generation album has got a lot of like techno beats and yeah. electronic influences and sometimes in that version they kind of drown it yeah. out despite being it's a bit, good a bit ideas yeah but the um, the live show and obviously the immersive experience both use like a remixed version of the music
1: yeah
0: um where you've got like the best of both worlds yeah.
1: Um, and you also get to see Jeff Wayne. conduct... I was going to say directing. Then he doesn't direct, does he? He conducts the orchestra. Yes. And he is just—he's. He's, he's living so in animated. <laughs> yes.
0: He's—he's um, he's clearly having a ton of fun.
1: And that like makes it really exciting, though, mm. because if you see people enjoying what they're doing, mm. you enjoy it more.
0: Yes. And Jeff Wayne's versions also had uh, a PlayStation One game back in the day That's as well.
1: It? I didn't know that. Yes. Uh,
0: some of I, I found out recently that some of the. Um, footage used in the stage show for the visual projections on the uh-huh. back is actually cutscenes that they created for the game oh and it's like a strategy what? game so you can play as the martians or play as the humans
1: oh brilliant yeah oh with like i did a full not campaign know about of both. that yeah oh i love it
0: <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna try and see if i can emulate yeah. that at some point um and and revisit that yeah i'm not great at strategy games no. but i'm willing to give it a go
1: which would you be a martian or the narrator? I think I'd have to do
0: the humans first, especially yeah. if they have the Thunder Child.
1: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, do we get, like, character ships? Do we get the Thunder Child? Um, but yes, so we're a big fan of the music and everything. Mm-hmm. This um, particular show, though, is being done in collaboration with Layered Reality, who are a group that have worked on. Um, they're founded by Andrew, M- Andrew McGuinness in 2017 and they had the idea of using all of the latest digital theatrical and physical techniques to sort of transport you into whatever the show is and they've done several shows um their first was somni in london in march 2018 got widespread praise for all of its innovation and is now in digital catapult's immersive hall of fame oh which I think is oh, wow. is quite cool, and this particular show, the the Jeff Wayne War of the Worlds immersive experience, which is a hell of a mouthful, um, has actually won awards itself.
1: Huh.
0: Um, layered reality um, have understand
1: won. Understand why though. Yeah,
0: layered reality themselves have won several awards, but this particular show um, won the twenty twenty Thea Award for innovation, uh, which was described by the Evening Standards as the Oscars of the industry. Mm. As well as the award for the best innovation from the British Youth Travel Awards in 2019.
1: Huh. Oh, brilliant.
0: Which is pretty cool. I um,
1: didn't know there was such a thing as Youth Travel
0: Awards. I know, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, this is an adaptation of the album to turn it into a stage show. Um, I say stage show. You You move through several sets in a small group, mm. don't you? Yeah. And we were encountering several actors yeah. along the way.
1: Um, um, but from when you first walk in, you walk into the bar. Um, oh, And yeah. you're greeted by a Martian. Yes. <laughs> they have, like, a
0: prop Martian fighting machine above the seating area. Yeah. And there's, like, metal tentacles coming out of the wall. It's yes. very impressive. Yeah. And then the whole steampunk aesthetic. Yeah. And um, they had... Oh, go on, sorry.
1: Um, and I was going to say, they've got, like, um, like for example, the toilets are labelled privies, aren't they?
0: Yes. And
1: just little touches like that.
0: And when you flush them, they make the ooh-la sound. Yeah. <laughs> from Which the album.
1: I found out, and then Gardo had to go and check. He yes. excitedly went running into the toilet. Well, toilets. because the toilet I
0: used wasn't working. <laughs> so Tallulah told me that, yes, the, they are actually, they, they do the ooh sound, and I was like, really yeah and i had to rush back in and check fortunately there was no one else in there when i flushed like three toilets in a row to to get a chorus of oolah uh,
1: but yeah it's the little details like that i think that just yeah sell it and do yeah. make it immersive and
0: the staff are, are, are brilliant i mean the staff oh, in yeah. the the main bar so much aren't in character no. but a lot of the staff later on are yeah. are very much in period characters yeah um, which we'll come to in a bit. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, in, in terms of how they've adapted it, um, for those who aren't aware, the War of the Worlds album um, features, I think it's about 12 tracks altogether. Um, the tracks are Eve of the War, um, Horse or Common and the Heat Ray, The Artilleryman and the Fighting Machines. Uh, Forever Autumn and Thunderchild and they make up the first part of the album which is The Coming of the Martians and then the second part of the album is Earth Under the Martians which starts with The Red Weed then has The Spirit of Man Red Weed Part 2 which also serves as like an epilogue to Spirit of Man it's kind of an extended sequence isn't it Um, then you get... The Artilleryman Returns, Mm -hmm. which leads into Brave New World. that
1: one's my favourite.
0: Then Dead London, which is in two parts, depending on which album you're listening to. And an epilogue. And there's actually two epilogues, because there's a small NASA epilogue as well. um, Which is very, very good.
1: Yeah. Um, Always makes me jump when I'm listening in the car, though
0: got the Cause, nasa one yeah
1: because it's got the radio beeps you know like you hear on mm. like sci-fi you know or space films yeah because
0: um, uh, it's um a set piece from like mission control yeah. doing a martian landing
1: and the beep every single time when i'm listening to it when i'm driving
0: it makes <laughs> me jump <laughs> probably shouldn't listen to it while you're driving in that case <laughs> um now in the original albums depending on which version you are listening to there are several well there are several characters but who they're played by is depending on which version you're listening to and some of them are sung only parts some of them are speaking only parts and a couple of them are mixed vocals and speaking um so there's the main character is the narrator Um, whose spoken voice, as I said, is done by the Richard Burton or Liam Neeson, depending on which recording of the album you're listening to. Very
1: theatrical.
0: Yes. Very, very good. Richard Burton, being this massive ham, is actually playing it very, very straight.
1: Yes. (laughs) um,
0: Which is great. And Liam Neeson's delivery is actually really good as well. Um, The Liam Neeson version in The Next Generation, they do incorporate a few more passages from the book. Um, So... I think he's probably my favourite narrator out of the two, um, just because there's more of the novel there, but Richard Burton's line delivery feels a lot more Victorian.
1: Yes. (laughs) Weirdly, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no offence to Liam Neeson, I think he's great.
0: The sung thoughts of the narrator are present in the songs um, Eve of the War, Forever Autumn and Dead London. And they are done by Justin Hayward in the original and Gary Barlow in the new recording. Mm-hmm. I'm not a particular fan of Gary Barlow's version.
1: No. Although
0: his released video for Forever Autumn was quite good. Yeah. Um, which features Liam Neeson and Anne-Marie Wayne in the video mm-hmm. playing the journalist's fiancée, Carrie. Um, and it's, it's quite a nice romantic I video. That. I might
1: have to look that up,
0: actually. Yeah. Because I like Forever Autumn. <laughs> yeah, Forever Autumn is, a, is very much... Um, I think it was the only song that was written before Jeff Wayne came yeah. in, <laughs> um, which I
1: think you can tell. Yes, but at the same time, I don't mind because I liked "Forever Autumn" anyway. Like yeah. before I didn't even know it was part of War of the Worlds mm. until you played it for me.
0: Yes. Um,
1: oh, and in the um, the like the live the stage version, it's Marty Pellow, isn't it? Is the song? For it is the in the
0: twenty eighteen recording. Yeah. Yes, and he's very good. Yeah. Um. The, then there's the right so other characters now the artilleryman is the main recurring character um he's done by david essex in the original i want to say uh, yeah and yes. ricky wilson of the kaiser chiefs in the modern version um who is not great on the album but he also reprises the role in the stage show and he's I very would, good in that very
1: good i personally i mean I don't know anything about recording, mm. but um, I think it's because he can perform it because it's live. See,
0: so I was paying... thinking. Uh, see, my issue isn't with his singing vocals. My issue is with his spoken yeah. vocals. He's not a great actor. No. Um, but on the stage show, he seems to be more confident, yeah. and I think it's because he's got an audience yeah. to react to. Well,
1: yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, you might performing, be right.
1: Yeah. And you've got something to play off, and you've got somebody else there to play off.
0: Yeah. I mean, voice acting is a different discipline, yeah. anyway. We, I, I think, I've spoken about that on the podcast before. Um, you know, there's plenty of actors who are great actors and have given terrible voice acting mm. performances. Yeah. <laughs> there there are long lists. Yeah. Um, for any gamers out there, look at Fallout New Vegas, um, where you've got um, Matthew Perry playing mm. the the main antagonist, and they hired him because they like Chandler and Friends. Yeah. And his vocal delivery is so flat yeah and it's like that game's a classic but he's the worst thing about yeah. it <laughs> despite but the bugs again,
1: there's no live audience there, yeah because friends was filmed before a live audience yeah
0: and so. there was no no other actors to play off yeah. of when you're in the booth on your own um it's one of those they, they there are a whole load of strides they're taking to improve voice acting yeah. but that's a discussion for another time yeah. well, um you
1: add that to the list If you want us to do that as a podcast, please
0: let us know. Oh, you're doing my job for me. I love
1: it. What would you do (laughs) without?
0: Right. um, So then the other main characters, I mean, the Artilleryman is the only one apart from the narrator who appears in both the first and second half of the album. Um, The other one from the first half of the album is the voice of humanity, um, Mm, who is Chris Thompson in the uh the original recording i've forgotten who it is in the modern recording and that's really bad um, um you keep
1: i want to say look it up. i
0: want to say alex claire
1: i'll look up. you keep talking okay. From jet black.
0: will stapleton from jet black apparently we've just looked it up yes <laughs> um
1: like i say what would you do about
0: me yeah alex <laughs> claire must be the person who does it in the live show yeah. then
1: I'll um him though. he
0: was he was very good
1: yeah Man with, looks like with a his lion. Lions, yeah.
0: <laughs> um and he comes out with a cane and he's like gesturing and getting yeah. the crowd. That's fantastic. Um Yeah, the voice of humanity is essentially the the sung thoughts of the humans watching Thunderchild battle. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the major points of the whole show yeah i should mention we're doing spoilers for the musical and the book we'll cover the immersive experience in its own spoiler section because yes. it does have its own things yeah that we kind of need to discuss as plot points in terms yeah. of how they adapt it and stuff like that mm. um but if you so if you don't want to listen to that that's in its own section yes. but for the minute we're discussing the album so um
1: um I'm- Guessing a lot of people who've seen your other war of the heard your other war of the world podcast will be listening to this. So. Yes, I if can't remember co-exist. if I went
0: in as much detail oh, okay. as this on that because I was, I might have done. Apologies yeah. if I have, <laughs> um, but unless you've come straight from that podcast to this one, I shouldn't be re- repeating too yeah. much. Um, and then right, then then you get the other characters who appear in Act Two. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mainly... You get the return of the artilleryman, yeah. um, And then, the apart from the NASA and the epilogue, mm. the other main characters are uh, the parson Nathaniel and his wife Beth. Yeah. Um, and in the first one, um, in the original record in 1978, uh, the parson is played fantastically um, by Phil Linnett. Yes. Um, who is oh, yeah. brilliant at it. He does it very, very well at the spoken parts as well. Yeah. Um, He's
1: got definite shades of one of the like the charismatic preachers that you get in the big American megachurches.
0: Yeah, which seems a bit bizarre for Victorian London, but, but it works. <laughs> um, and then his wife is played by Julie Covington, who has this very melodic, very yeah. beautiful, oh, quite gentle lovely. voice in, yeah. in times. Yeah. Um, and then in the modern recording, um the Parson is done by Maverick Sabre. Um I'm not sure what band he's from, but I think that's an awesome fricking name. And yeah. his voice <laughs> is incredible. He yes. has he does have a very, oh very gosh. good voice. Yeah. Um and And Beth is voiced by Joss Stone. Mm. Who has a very, very powerful voice yeah. for the sung parts, but I don't think she's as good for the no. for the for the spoken parts
1: no. uh, although she does for the sung parts she's got a beautiful voice
0: she does so but she does come in a lot stronger than yeah. um, Julie Covington did
1: and I think that's the thing like she comes in. Strong during the spoken parts, so there's nowhere for her to go. Yes, she can't escalate as Nathaniel. <laughs> Are you giggling at my? Yeah, well, I was, I was just reminded yeah. that we
0: were discussing all of this while listening to War of the Worlds while traveling to yeah. London. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you know, we listened to the album, both yeah. albums, in yes. fact, and <laughs> it took com- a
1: long time, it did take us a while to drive
0: to London. Um, but we listened to both albums to discuss which was our favorite yeah. and which of the performances yeah. were our favorite. Although in the live show, the 2018 show, the Parsons played by Jason Donovan, and he is brilliant.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Because obviously Jason Donovan is an actor as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think he acts it fantastically.
1: he acts it like a man who is losing his mind.
0: Yeah. Which Which
1: in that situation you would be, wouldn't you? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of (laughs) the song Spirit of Man is that the parson is is losing his marbles um Um, and i've forgotten the the name of the the woman who plays him in the live show but she again also comes in very very strong very stage school
1: yeah
0: um which works for the the live performance to an extent but
1: i think it works to a live performance because she's got a live orchestra that she's got to overpower
0: Yes. So she can't
1: be sweet and softly spoken because mm. she won't be heard.
0: Yeah. Because um, no one's gonna lower the pitch of the no. music to get the vocal across.
1: Um <laughs> but it doesn't translate as very realistic because she's trying to reassure him, but I think in real life she'd be like yelling at him. Yeah, she's kind of screaming <laughs> at him. <laughs> um um oh, so I must just give for the the live show, give props to the makeup. yes jason donovan's makeup in that scene is incredible because he's battered and he's bruised and he's bleeding and even in (sighs) close-up it looks so realistic
0: yes and i don't know what they've um and they've obviously they've got fire pits on the stage and stuff and then the stage lights so he starts sweltering in this makeup and whatever they've done to create the blood effects then starts running and it looks like he's bleeding it's like the it's it's the sweat mixing yeah. with the makeup, but it looks like he's actually bleeding yeah. more. It's very impressive. Yeah.
1: Um very,
0: it very good. Must
1: have been amazing to watch live. Like actually be there.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> well, especially when they lower the, the fighting machine that's like yeah. forty foot tall and shoots jets of flame. Yeah,
1: he starts oolaring.
0: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um
1: anyway. Anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway. Now to adapt this to the immersive experience. Um, some of the songs get changed, um, and now when they adapt it to the immersive experience, um, they do adapt some things uh, very, very differently, don't they? Uh,
1: yes, having watched, uh, you know, watched having experienced the other, it, yeah.
0: yes. Um, I don't want to go too much into details, but Spirit of Man. Is not a song mm. in this version.
1: Yeah.
0: because um, essentially the, the character that you are inside the this version of the universe, you are sort of escaping with the narrator who's officially given the name of George <laughs> Herbert in yeah. this. Which um, is H. G. Wells first
1: names, two names
0: reverse. Yes. Which
1: I didn't know, so that's yes. a nice
0: little restroom. Um, and I like I so, say I'll get more into plot spoilers for this in a bit because but but essentially some of the some of the stuff is done with actors some of it you have the music going over some of it you have the actual words from the songs on the album being said by the actor playing george
1: yeah
0: and some of it is a, a vr experience yeah um which I have some I have some details on, the, the different um, experiences. But I think
1: as well, when it comes to the music, in some cases it's almost like... I don't like the term incidental music, but it's like background music to something else that's going on. Yes. So you're more immersed in it rather than just listening to the music.
0: Yes. And some parts are a bit slower and you get to interact with the yeah. actors a bit more. And some parts are a bit faster... Um, where you're actually doing something yeah. and then you've got the music in the background.
1: Yeah.
0: And some parts are the VR. Yeah. And the VR, you're more being shown a story. Yes. But I think all of them work very, very well yeah. to tell the story.
1: Um, and I think each one is perf- like being chosen perfectly to suit that particular yes. moment. Yes.
0: And I, and I will say some bits are edited as well, like some of the earlier songs on the album, like "Horsel Common and The Heat Ray, are trimmed down. Yeah. Um, because on the album, that's like a 12-minute song. Yeah. I think it goes... It, it does very well at setting the pace and it reflects a lot of the early part of the book, which is quite slower. Yeah. But you know what you're here for at the end of the day and you want to get yeah. there quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: don't necessarily want to be standing in one
0: place for 12 minutes do you no but I, I yeah i mean we'll cover that in a minute because yeah. i think they adapt it very very well yeah. um but yeah spirit of man was the the big omission in terms of it not being a song mm. that was one of the vr experiences um so you actually watch two characters act the parts mm. of uh nathaniel and um beth yeah and it was very good. There was some more twists and turns in involved in the story at that yeah. point. Um, I think we're going to have to wrap up our thoughts there and then get into spoilers, yeah, aren't we? I think so.
1: Because yeah. we're, we're edging dangerously near to spoiler territory yeah. now.
0: <laughs> Put it this way. In the short, if you like War of the Worlds, would you recommend going to the immersive experience? Definitely. Yes. 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 I think even if you just like the story, go yeah. see it. I think if you like theatre, go and see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um,
1: uh, I mean, there were some people in the group we went with and the woman that was there, the wife, she was telling me that they had no idea what they were in for. Like, they booked yes. in an hour earlier. Yeah, yeah. And
0: they'd obviously been, like, yeah. out in London and said, so, yeah. oh, this sounds good.
1: Yeah, and I think it's not crucial to know War of the Worlds. No, to, I think they do a very yeah. good job
0: of taking you through the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's like you might appreciate it on different levels. Sound like a film critic. Might appreciate it on different <laughs> levels if you know the story, or if you know the soundtrack, or yes, even if to a certain extent you know the awesome Wells story.
0: Yeah, or or any previous. Even if you I think even if all you'd seen of War of the Worlds was the the two thousand and five film, you'd yes. still appreciate this on a different yeah. level.
1: But I think you There's don't... There's someone
0: going in blind. You
1: don't need to know it in order to appreciate it, is what yes. I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, it's 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 very good. So, yeah. Would you go again, having been?
1: Yes, I would, actually.
0: I think I would as yeah. well. Um, because I think the elements of the live action mean that you are going to get a slightly different yeah. experience.
1: Um, and
0: I'd like to go with other people. Yeah. Much as I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, As other people, I love. Yeah. I want to take them.
1: I'd um, say um, it'd be a fun one if you've got an extrovert in your group.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think if if you are a bit more introverted, um, you can sort of hide in the back because yeah. you you do go around in a group, yeah. so you're all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think well we have to discuss the spoilers mm. and how they adapt it. Yes. So.
1: This is your final spoiler
0: warning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... This is set, the stage show is set, the immersive experience is set, in sort of an alternate history type hmm. thing. Um, it's 1904. It's six years, I think they said, after uh, the Martian invasion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: So 1898 for the, for the Martian invasion. Mm. and, yeah. or it might 10 years, I think they might have said it was 10 years. Oh. I can't remember. I
1: can't, no, anyway I can't remember. There's a lot happened.
0: Anyway, the it's it's some t- some short period of time after the Martian invasion, and we find out quite early on from the first character we meet, who is kind of a... Um, what exactly. do you call it in the theatre?
1: Um.
0: The person who kind of ushers you in and introduces you to the story. I know I know it's like an MC, but it's yeah. not. There is like a special theatre yeah. word, and I can't, I can't remember what it I is. I can't
1: remember. And I used to do theatre, and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anyone
0: knows, please tell us. He makes
1: me think a bit of like a, a circus barker.
0: He was a bit like that, wasn't yeah. he? And he had like glitter on his face yes. and a waistcoat. And and there were two of them. There was one at the beginning, one at the yes. end. Um, and they they actually did have character names. Um, Grimaldi was the first one that we encountered on the mm-hmm. way in. And Funk. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: F-A-N-Q-U-E is the, the one we understood, is the one we met last.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, essentially, they were introducing you to the story uh, and taking you... Yeah. They were your introduction to everything. Yeah. And they have said that within the universe, um... Basically, the British Empire has taken credit for the defeat of the Martians.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I thought was, was great and is totally yeah. something that the British Empire would have done.
1: No, no,
0: yes. Yes, yes. Pre <laughs> Victorious British Empire, height of its power, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we oh. defeated the Martians. Yes. <laughs> what do you think we did? Sneeze on them? No. <laughs> we used guns might of our bows amazing and army against the lightning. yeah bows and arrows against the lightning that's a a reference to the station mm-hmm. um but yes um so the in-universe explanation for the immersive experience is we are being shown the events that actually happened yeah. by the now married uh george and carrie herbert yes which um, I liked. Yeah, I like that they were married and still together. That's quite sweet. Yeah. Um But
1: I also like that Carrie had more of like an active role in it.
0: Yeah, like she got to deliver some of the yeah. lines from Eve of the War.
1: Yeah.
0: Um like we get introduced to there's four members of the digital cast. I'll get mm. to the live action cast in a minute. Yeah. But there's four members of digital only cast, which is Tom Brittany as George Herbert, Anna Marie Wayne as Carrie Herbert. Carrie Hope Fletcher as Beth and David Burnet as Parson Nathaniel. Mm. Um, and then obviously musically, um, the musical voices they have chosen are Ricky Wilson as the Artilleryman. Mm-hmm. Although I did notice that while we were listening to the, the Brave New World sequence, yeah. there was like echoes of David Essex's yeah. performance, like yeah. turning him into an almost a backing singer in yeah. some accounts, but it did give the right emphasis on certain yeah. lines, so I think it worked really well.
1: Um, um, I don't know if you want to talk about it here or... What's that? Well, because I was just thinking, I liked it because it gave a sense of echoing. And if you're underground, yes. you're going to echo. Yes. And for me, because there was that slight echo there.
0: And it was, it was a difference in the two voices, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it did sound more like but an echo rather can, than just...
1: We can probably talk about that more when we discuss... What yeah, we when we, do. we get yeah. to a Brave
0: New World. I'm um,
1: getting excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. They use Justin Hayward as the voice of the narrator. Um, he's currently doing the stage show with mm. Jeff Wayne at the minute, yeah. like the 40th anniversary stage show. It, 40th anniversary because it got delayed by COVID and everything mm. else. Um, like the rest of the world. So yeah, he's actually returned as the yeah. sung voice and the narrator. And the voice of humanity in the Thunderchild sequence was Alex Clare, who we said was in the 2018 show. He got to come back. Yeah. Um and it's a studio recording now and I thought it was amazing. Oh yeah. Um
1: For me it's just I don't know if somebody can sing and sound arrogant, but <laughs> he starts off singing sounding arrogant and then kind of breaks down as he realizes, oops, actually.
0: Yeah, which is the point I mean, yeah. there's two verses in Thunder Child, isn't there? And there's yeah. the one is triumphant because the Thunder Child is fighting the Martians, and then the second one is like Ah, yeah. <laughs> Thunder Child just got sunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: there goes our hopes and yeah. hopes and dreams of victory. Um, but yeah, so, so I think they were good choices. I think yeah. they are probably my favourite voices for yeah. those characters. Because,
1: yeah, we were discussing it, weren't we, when we yes. were driving down? Yes. And basically, our dream vocal cast was in. <laughs>
0: yeah, included those yeah. three. Um, so that was great
1: yeah
0: um so so you get introduced to everything by Grimaldi, you then get sat in a theater like a little auditorium yeah. type thing um and george and carrie appear using holograms yes. on the stage in front of you which was very cool yeah um like it looked amazing yeah and they sort of tell you that the the British government is hiding the story, mm-hmm. so they're revealing the truth because they want the world to know. Um, and it's implied that George Herbert has probably written about yeah. his experience as well, um, and so has Carrie because yeah. I think they're both writers, aren't mm. they? Um, but George seems very deeply affected by everything he went through.
1: Well, I think he's got what we'd now call PTSD, hasn't he? Yes. Which is a he's also I on. A, he was also on part. a
0: cane. I noticed. Yes. Um and like he's he starts telling the story and you know starts cracking, Carrie like comes and comforts him yeah. and explains how everything was and yeah it was it was very well done and yeah. then they basically starts segueing from their introductory dialogue into the opening yes. lines of Eve of the war, which yeah. I thought was so well done, yeah, um
1: and seamless
0: it was it was really seamless, like whoever worked on the script for this did a a brilliant job because everything felt Natural. right, yeah. yeah. Um, but
1: I liked as well that it didn't go straight into live actors, yes, because before you go in, you don't know what to expect, yes, and it's dark, and you know, and it's, yeah. It's Victorian style, but it feels neglected Victorian style.
0: Yeah, like there was rubble in the auditorium around Um, it. Um, And like,
1: you're sitting in these chairs and you don't know what's going to happen. And I think had it been live actors, it would have just been too unnerving straight away.
0: Um, But then, anyway, after they do the introduction to Eve of the War, that's when you get the big bombastic musical Eve of the War with like a Martian like a video of a Martian like mm. trampling through a forest and burning everything. Yeah. Which was so cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so
0: cool. Um I mean even the war is the big triumphant song at the start of the yeah, album. The bit so that
1: everybody knows when you say yeah. war of the worlds.
0: Yeah. But they didn't adapt the the sung thoughts of the narrator at that point. No. Um because once that is done, a door opens at mm-hmm. one side of the auditorium. There were a lot of automatic doors, it yes. was very cool. Um, so the door automatically opens, and you are ushered through and you arrive at Ogilvy's Astronomy. Yes. Uh, astronomy?
1: Uh-huh. That's not the
0: right word. Observatory. There we go. <laughs>
1: Thank you, because I'd gone blank then. Yes. And it's like <laughs> Space a viewing place. It's like an
0: anniversary <laughs> of the opening of the. Um, the observatory so ogilvy is there you're being shown around and it's implied by the dialogue that we get from mm. george herbert before we arrive that george herbert is with us even though obviously he's not there as yeah. an actor um because as i said that's part of the story your character is with george Her yeah. herbert on his journey yeah.
1: um
0: but yeah we actually got an actor as ogilvy
1: yes and he was very good. Yeah. Very, very good. eccentric. Very... Like, he asked you how many planets are there in the solar yeah, system. Yeah, he actually asked
0: <laughs> me how many planets, and obviously I defaulted to eight. And he said, no, I don't know who keeps telling everyone this. Pluto is a planet. <laughs> and I was like, that's brilliant, because yeah. he's clearly been told that before. Yes. And just seized on it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Which is fantastic.
1: Yeah. And they, like, um, they separate you all down, don't they? And you've each got, like, a telescope to look through.
0: Yeah. He was played by a character uh, by an actor called Joe Cushley, according to the the board that we saw outside. Um and he was very good. Very, very good.
1: Um of course we can only refer to the actors that did our show performance. But
0: um but yes, he was he was yeah. very good. I did like him. Um and yeah, you were each given like a telescope to look through. And we were looking up into space and there was a bright red dot that was mm-hmm. Mars. Yeah. And then it was all very perfectly timed, I yes. thought.
1: There was a lot of... Can you have vocal choreography? I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's how I saw it, because it was all done to music cues. Well, not even so... music
0: cues, because there was no music while or, he was like, speaking. visual
1: cues, I suppose. Yeah, there was no
0: I music mean... while he was speaking, but then as he started talking about the green gas erupting from Mars, which he does in the book, yeah, and um, is mentioned by George in the album, mm. um, as I was looking through the... The thing I don't know if you were at the same time, but it zoomed in on Mars. Yeah. And we started seeing this green gas erupting. Yeah. And it's so well done because he has enough, enough time to banter with yeah. the people coming through. And all the actors do this as well. There's enough time to banter, but then still keep moving forward.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was so well done.
1: Yeah. And also it was really because... The telescope was like pointed at Mars, but if you moved it around, you could actually see the rest of space as well. Yes, um, which I just thought was so. I, th- cool I think it even looked-
0: turned like three hundred and sixty yeah. degrees. I turned it quite away. Yeah, I didn't want to try all the way because I didn't want to break it. <laughs> um, but I think it would turn three hundred and sixty yeah. degrees if you tried. Yeah. But yeah, and then you heard like a thud outside, yeah. and that's where you the the screen on the the telescope now changed to show. Um, the Martian cylinder on Horsall Common, which had mm. landed with this enormous green explosion, yeah. and Ogilvy was like, oh, "What was that?" No uh, yeah. runs outside the door.
1: And he used the the line, "The chances of anything coming from Mars are a, million are to a one. Are a million to one,
0: <laughs> which is why you don't hear the sung thoughts because yeah. Ogilvy says that line yeah. himself.
1: I got excited. I was like, "I understood that reference." Yes,
0: but as he was as he was talking and as the thing landed, you started to hear elements of the music from mm. Horsal Common and the yeah. Heat Ray, and you started to watch the the Martian cylinder unscrewing. Yeah. Then Ogilvy came running back into the room and was like, everyone, you must come, you must come and look. Yeah. And he took us outside, Uh, you know, quote-unquote outside, yeah. and we were on Horsel Common, and there was the Martian cylinder in front of us. And by this point, the lid had fallen off, yeah. like the lid falls off in the little screens that we were watching just before he beckons us through. Mm. And then a light started searching, didn't yeah. it? As he went up to sort of approach it. Yeah.
1: And
0: then we got the narration from There was a bit of narration from George, wasn't there? Mm,
1: yes. Yeah, I think so. And That's a then lot
0: to remember. And then the heat ray sound and yeah. the heat ray guitar sound from the yeah. album. Um and it kind of set fire to the ground. There was a, a fire actually, pit in the there was ground.
1: pyrotechnics, wasn't yeah.
0: there? Yeah. There's a fire pit in the ground. <laughs> and one of
1: the people in our group, bless her, she jumped out of her skin, didn't she? Yes. <laughs> because the build-up's so ominous and the music's so ominous that you find yourself, like, leaning mm. in. And then there's yes. this massive flash.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, this, this light for the heat ray pans towards Ogilvy. And then there's a bright flash. And all of a sudden, the actor playing Ogilvy is gone. And there's a holographic display of a man burning.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, and it was instantaneous. Yeah. I don't know if he just jumped back from somewhere. I, I, I knew it was coming, so I looked.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like I was trying to get that peek behind the curtain. Yeah. But there's like a bright flash, and then suddenly you can't see him. You can just see yeah. that. And you get like a little bit of the music from the heat ray. And then a Rifleman comes yeah. running up. And this Rifleman does actually have a name in the script. He's Corporal Watts, um, who in our performance was played by Michael Stafford-Wells. Um, he reminded me a lot of um, the sort of characters that Robert Webb plays.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yeah. For anyone who's seen Mitchell and Webb. Yeah. Um, or Peep Show.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, very kind of cheeky chappy. but yeah. um, like, dim, but yeah. honourable and Yeah, with, nice. a, with a
1: Cockney accent. Cockney, <laughs> Cockney accent,
0: yes. And might,
1: it, Just sorry to interrupt. My no, favourite bit about the, the whole bit on the common mm. is after Ogilvy gets shot, mm. there's a pause, and no-one knows what to do, because there's no actor there to guide you anymore. Yes. So you're all just stood there, just like, well, what now? Yes. And that's brilliant, because it's like...
0: And you've got the fire pits going, yeah. and the heat ray panning, and...
1: And yeah, and everyone's just looking at each other now, like what's next. Yeah. So then, when this artilleryman arrives.
0: Yes, not the artilleryman. No, the actual no. artilleryman comes later.
1: Um, um, but um, it's it does sort of make you jump a bit, and it puts you onto the back foot. Hmm. Um, and it's like I don't know about you, but I like even though I knew it was act- acting logically, my heart was still racing. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, but he comes in and says, "What? Are you, what are you doing, watching this man burn for?" And like leads you down a staircase. Yeah, not,
1: what are civilians doing out here?
0: Yeah, yeah, civilians aren't supposed to be here. Um, and he takes you to the house of George Herbert, and he says he's spoken to the maid there, Peggy, um, who was played by Isabella Javore.
1: Oh, she was
0: brilliant. She was brilliant, yeah. and she's actually she's still the um, the the character of Peggy in the trailer, I noticed. Ah. The trailer that's on YouTube is her. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Um, so clearly she's been with the production yeah. some time. Um, And yeah, you can't get into George Herbert's house, so you break in through the window. Yeah. Um, and
1: guess which clever clogs bumped her head on the way in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you arrive in this quite fantastic, quite lavish yeah. dining room. Yeah. Um. Um. But then Peggy comes in and greets you and kind of sits yeah. you all round the table. Um,
1: and she flirts a little bit with
0: the. Flirts biologist. a little bit with the what? Yes. Um,
1: and she was interacting with. She sort of said, "What what's going on out there?
0: Yeah, and a kid in our group said, uh, "A robot." Yeah. And she was like, "What's a what's a robot? You know, panicking because obviously yeah. they don't know what that is in, uh the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah.
1: Um, and then the. The soldier says, oh, look at him, he's been on the sauce. And she says, oh, I've got an apple pie in the oven, that'll sober you up. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then... So then Watts leaves. Yeah. So you're left with Peggy. And then all of a sudden things start rumbling and shaking. And, like, the, there were glass bowls on the table. So the table was shaking and the, they were all clattering. Um, but they weren't moving in place, so I never checked to see if they were like I didn't want to pick them up yeah. and see if they were fixed or anything, but I'm guessing they were all fixed to the table yeah. in a way. Very clever, mm. um, and then the lights go out.
1: Yes, and again because you're not expecting it. Mm. Oh, it's terrifying! And when I
0: say the lights go out, you you at this point you are underground in this building. Yeah. This is where the set for this particular Pitched room is. Like like
1: you can't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah.
0: Uh, you couldn't see a thing. No. And you can hear Peggy talking. Yeah. And saying, "Oh, what's going on?" And then all of a sudden, you start hearing this like metallic slithering yeah. um, and skittering, and then you sit, feel someone like run their fingers across the back of your yeah. your your neck.
1: Oh, it's just made me. Sh- um,
0: <laughs> and obviously, it's pitch black. Like yeah. I said, you cannot see a thing. Uh, you cannot even see your own hand like an inch from yeah. your face. Um, it's all done very very well, mm. and it the sound is moving around you. Yeah. It wasn't like.
1: It wasn't just a speaker. Yeah. It was
0: They They described it something as something a ambus ambisonic sound, is ah. how they described it yeah. in the booklet. Um, so, yeah, the sound is moving around you. Like, you hear something slither behind you as you feel the fingers on the back of yeah. you. So as if whatever is going past has just brushed yeah. your shoulder. Um, and then the lights briefly flash on. Yeah. And Peggy is standing by the fireplace with a tentacle through her stomach, which is now wriggling around yeah. and, and she's it's
1: screaming she's and... screaming
0: and it's flashing in strobe yeah. and then when the lights come back on like a less than a minute later she's gone. Mm. she cannot see her at yeah. all um, and yeah that was that was very well yeah. done I think it was the that was the only effect that I think looked a bit rough, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those, it was believable because you were immersed in it. Yes. But when you take a step back, it's like, well, I think I know how they did that. Yeah. But then she just disappeared.
0: Yeah, and and there was was no obvious doors in this room, apart from the actual entrance and exit door where where Peggy comes in. So there's no other obvious doors. So it literally looks like a tentacle has come down the chimney, grabbed her and taken her up through it. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, she was right by the fireplace, right in front of the fireplace, with the tentacle when the lights came on.
1: Mm.
0: Absolutely fantastic! Yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
1: and again, it's that moment afterwards where you're just on your own, and yes. it gets it's really quite unnerving after a while. To be yeah. like, well, do, do we move? Do we stay? Do we I mean, it's only for do? a few
0: seconds yeah. that you're left unattended for, but it it, it feels like an eternity because yeah. you're all of a sudden you're like, what do we do now? And then you hear shouting from the voice outside, and the door bursts open, and it's the artilleryman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. There, I looked on the actors board. There are two people playing the artilleryman. Um. All the other act characters I've mentioned so far, they are there were just one actor. Um. The artilleryman pr- presumably because of how in depth the role is. Yeah. There are actually two. Yeah. And the actor we had was Mark Yeats. Mm. Um and he looked the part. He had oh, like yeah, actual he got
1: black eye and a uh,
0: black eye, but he also had I, I was thinking even just his facial hair. He had well, very yeah. Victorian facial hair. Yeah. He
1: um, actually did remind me of um Ricky Wilson from the live show.
0: A little bit, yeah. Um with the blue jacket yeah. as well and the the big right he's got a proper prop rifle. Yeah. Um and the, the artilleryman did have a name. He did introduce himself. I I know it began with an R. But I can't, I can't remember, remember what it was. Ronald, Reginald, something like that?
1: I can't remember, sorry.
0: Uh Roland. That oh. was it, Roland. Well done. Gamma and the R, M and the D, Roland. <laughs>
1: I'm very impressed. I can barely remember our children's
0: names. I I've got a knack for useless information, that's why well, I do yeah. this podcast. Um And he takes you to the next room mm-hmm. when when you sort of explain what's happened and yeah. how you were on the common and then you were with the housekeeper and now she's gone. And he says to you that George Herbert is ahead of you mm-hmm. and he came back to to find the housekeeper, yeah. Peggy. And he's got a map and the map has got bloodstains on it as well, which yeah. I thought was a nice touch. And he gestures, just uh, like, this is where we are now and we need to get here. We need to get here, north of London. That's where my regiment are. Yeah. And they'll keep us safe. And then he leads you out of the house... Mm. and you come into yeah. trench- you
1: go into barracks
0: you come into like trenches yeah. don't you it's kind of um you are getting interspersed throughout all of this i should say bits of um george herbert's narration yeah. from the album yeah so when you flee down the stairs with uh corporal watts earlier on you get the bit from George Herbert in Horsel Common* and the Heat Ray, where he says, "I felt as if I was being toyed with," yes. um, you know, as if he was being chased. Yeah. Um, you get his description of the artilleryman when you meet Roland as you're going yeah. down the corridor to leave the house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you go over a you go over a bridge with some water. Yeah. Um, and that's implied to be that's where you get part of the story from where he's fleeing the fighting yeah. machines
1: and I love that because it was I
0: think that was a bit ahead of where was what the, where the next bit is but, but it yeah. was
1: a rickety bridge like it did move and sway underneath yeah. you and water
0: and, spilled out onto it, yeah. Um, um, as you were running over it, it was And it's it was like very obviously clever.
1: you were completely safe, but in that moment, it was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, you're
0: obviously completely safe through all of it, but you don't necessarily feel no. completely safe, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's all semi-dark as well, and yeah, yeah, and you have to
0: like duck under things and run around things, and it's very physically active. Yeah. Like I'm not in the best of physical shape, and even I was like, I have to move and yeah. crouch and. <laughs> And you know, I'm, I'm six, six, six foot six. three with dodgy knees, so yeah. me crouching and bending doesn't, doesn't work yeah. really well. Um,
1: and I, I normally use a walking stick, but I didn't bring it with me. So I was like limping my way along, trying to escape these Martians going quickly across this rickety bridge. Yes. Um, <laughs> I so used to You side end side. up
0: in a trench, um, which is presumably where the, the barracks are. You hear fighting all around you. Mm-hmm. You get elements of um, the Artillery and the Fighting Machines yeah. music. Um, you hear the the chorus of Oolah from yeah. the Martians with George Herbert's narration about it. Um, you meet a, a nurse in there called Eli. She was played by Emily Hindle. Yes. Um, she was very good yeah. uh, for for a new character. She's one of the few... You know, her and Corporal Watts and Peggy, they're all new characters yeah. that are added to the story, but they're all either present in a version of the story yeah. or implied to be there. Yeah. Like, George Herbert's housekeeper... The narrator's housekeeper mm-hmm. is a character in the original yeah. story. Um, he sends his wife and his housekeeper away. Yeah. Um, so it's all... Ad- and then there's they're described as soldiers being on the common...
1: Yeah.
0: ...before the heat ray attacks. so. Yeah. It's all stuff that feels real, and obviously, you know, you're in the trenches with the artillerymen, yeah. it makes sense and that there's a nurse yeah. there.
1: and you go in and he says, put you back to the wall." and I'm like, you don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the nurse is what... Well, I don't know if the actress was Irish, but...
0: But the character, the character was. The character was, or, or at least she portrayed her that yeah. way, which is why there was another lady later on with an Irish accent, so I'm inclined to believe that there might have been a couple of actual Irish... Yeah characters um or or just a couple of young irish women who work there and
1: yeah
0: happen to be playing those roles oh, i don't yeah. know um but yes she runs ahead of you and you hear her get shot and then the artillery roland's like shouting out like no ceasefire civilians
1: yeah
0: um but you hear her get shot and you hear her screaming that's when we run over the bridge
1: okay yes now. i remember yeah. <laughs> now
0: that's when we ran over the bridge. We arrived in a kitchen in a small house yeah. and all of a sudden there was blood everywhere.
1: Yes.
0: And Eli's lying on like a sack of potatoes, clutching her belly with like a wound.
1: Yeah. And she uh, asked, um, do any of you know how to sew a wound up? And one of the people in our party, like the visitors that were going around, was actually a doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Um, I nearly volunteered to cross stitch it. I said, I can embroider a pattern around it. You
0: know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she tells you, you know, there's boats ahead, you know, get the boats out of London. Uh, and she's like, have you got any money? Because you won't get anywhere if you haven't mm. got any money. Like she gave one of our party, um, like a big wad of notes yeah. um, to take with her and says, you know, this house is, the, um, the Goodwin's house. Yeah. So your name's Goodwin now. If anyone, if anyone asks, asks, your name's, yeah, yeah your name's Goodwin. Um, so then we got down to the uh, the ferry the boats mm-hmm. and there was a, a big burly gentleman called um, Perry who was played by Sean Rees. yeah um, and he was um, he's he was in charge of the boats
1: yeah. and he said, "What's your name and someone remembered remembered it was Goodwin yes. And he's like, Oh, I've been waiting for you, Goodwins, all day. Come on, get in here.
0: Yeah. And then you get on the boat, and he says, How's Uncle Charlie?
1: Yes. And someone said he's fine. And then this, the, what was his name? Perry. Perry, he was like, You're not Goodwins, are you? Because yeah. Uncle Charlie's dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been dead five years. <laughs> um, and he says, Yeah, you're not the Goodwins. If there's nothing, I can't abide this. I mean uh, you know, unlawful folk on my boats, so then the woman who'd been passed the money passed in that, yeah, and he was like, but you all look like I'm standing people was yeah. absolutely fine,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this was the first v r experience yes. as well, yeah, um so you're in these these boats, um uh, which were obviously motion controlled yeah. and all sorts of stuff because it was there was motion going
1: yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. And water yes, spray
0: and wind they were and were rock- I was clinging on
1: for dear life at some moment yeah. because it felt like they were rocking and the VR was that good and that yeah. immersive.
0: Yeah, so this is where you get your first VR experience and you put the headsets on and they're big, clunky things. Yeah. Um But you put the headsets on and all of a sudden you are a character on the boat. The boat yeah. is being steered by George and um, uh, another young Irish woman. Yeah. This one was actually a character in the yeah. story. Uh, and
1: and it's really weird. Yeah, because it's like obviously we were sitting next to each other. Yes. Um. But every time I looked round, you were this VR VR person. Victorian
0: gentleman. Um,
1: uh, so really, you. yeah, you were you yeah <laughs> I was a bloke. Was you were <laughs> you were a bloke, yeah,
0: with a with a handlebar moustache. Oh, do um, I look
1: good with a moustache?
0: Uh, I wouldn't grow one up. <laughs> oh,
1: the lady shave?
0: Um, so yeah, and this was the, the first big VR sequence and it was Forever Autumn and Thunderchild yeah. together and you start sort of on your boat sailing down the Thames. Yeah.
1: And it's with, tranquil. With and... Forever Autumn yeah.
0: playing. Uh, and then after the first chorus, all of a sudden you're in London and... There's fighting machines on the horizon marching yeah. through London. You go past Westminster with the Houses of Parliament yeah. and one of them opens fire on yeah. Big Ben and destroys it. And it is
1: 360. Yes. And I kept forgetting that you couldn't see me. So at parts I was, like, nudging him and pointing stuff out that you might have missed, and of course he couldn't see me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, like, cause And it is
1: all even behind you. Yeah,
0: because you're travelling in the mirror... On, on the on the mirror on the river down Westminster, so there is fighting machines on both banks of the river, and you can look and see them, yeah. and
1: and you can see what and you got past
0: yes, and, and you got the narration of uh, George Herbert saying the lines from Forever Autumn about it being the route of mankind. Mm. Um... The route of civilization, the massacre of mankind, yeah. which is you know, fantastic only line. exists in London. It did in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> um As
1: a proud Midlander, I beg to differ, but anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but if we're going by British but, Imperial history. Yeah,
1: well,
0: yeah. You know, it did yeah. in the eighteen hundreds. Um, so yes. Um and then then it comes to the end of Forever Autumn and all of a sudden you're on the high seas.
1: And there's
0: this, you see that you go past the steamer and George behind us waves out to Carrie and Carrie sees us and she's like, there were a whole crowd on the top of the steamer, but she was really well illuminated, I noticed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which was a silly touch, but a nice touch. Um, So that obviously the audience doesn't miss her um, and see her waving.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So then we go past the steamer. And then all of a sudden the fighting machines start appearing yeah. all around us. And I'm
1: close as well. Close.
0: And then you got the fight with the Thunder Child. Yeah. And you got um the Alex Clare vocal, yes. which was great. <gasps>
1: yeah.
0: Um both choruses of Thunder Child were in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um the Thunder Child took down several of the fighting machines. Mm-hmm. Cause this is this is uh the thing with the Thunder Child is the best part of the book. Yes. It's my favourite part of the book. It's my favourite part of the live show. It's my favourite song on the album. Um, So I was really excited at this part. um, Because the thing with the Thunderchild, in the book, it takes down two fighting machines on its own before it um, gets really badly damaged. Mm. Careens at a third, and then there's a massive explosion of black smoke. And... When the narrator, when was well, the narrator's brother at this point? When he looks back, um, the Thunderchild and the Fighting Machine are both gone.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So in this, yeah, and you don't know what happened. So you assume Thunder Child took down three Martian yeah. Fighting Machines. In this, it took down about five. Yes. <laughs> it
1: was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was little, like small touches I liked as well, like because we we in two boats. The group was split down into two boats. Mm. Um, you know, yes. uh, in in real life, for want of a better way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the fighting machines reached out and grabbed someone from the other boat.
0: I th- no, it grabbed the Irish woman from behind Did us. It? Oh, I yes. thought she
1: was from the other boat. No,
0: one of the fighting machines like lifts a tentacle down into the water. It wraps uh, around the boat, lifts you up, yeah. and then another tentacle comes and steals her.
1: Okay. okay. Um, because then when I looked behind
0: way. again, George is piloting the boat.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Rather than her. Yeah. And, yeah, because George has the bright idea of let's help the Thunder Child.
1: Yeah. How? <laughs> We're in
0: a boat with no guns.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, what the hell can we do? Seems but... to me
1: so much of this story wouldn't have happened if George Herbert had just left alone. <laughs> But yeah, we
0: circle the Thunder Child as it it fights its triumphant last stand and then goes down into the waves. And then uh, George's narration talks about the, you know, cylinder following cylinder and all of a sudden the sky around us just lit up with all these green cylinders coming down. It was amazing.
1: And it felt like... Logically, I knew it wasn't real. Yes. And if you looked at the people in VR, you could tell it wasn't real. Yes. Because they were a bit kind of like early 2000s Harry Potter video game looking. <laughs> but...
0: I mean, the graphics were a bit rough on this bit, but I think they were very much improved later on, which I'll it, get to.
1: When it comes to um, the fighting machines, the Thunder mm. Child, the fact that stuff was coming to what, Like, I was ducking out the way. Yes. Um... <laughs> Because it just felt so... You were there.
0: Yes. it's very, very boat cool. And
1: was rocking and... Yeah, yeah, the boats
0: are designed to, to move and do all sorts of everything. And there was water spray going off yes. and um, the wind and everything. Yeah. Like you could feel the wind on your body.
1: Yeah.
0: Not necessarily on your face, because a large part of your face is covered up yeah. by the VR goggles. But you could feel it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, very impressive. Yeah. Very, very, very and impressive.
1: And there's a small kind of like side note. Mm. I wear glasses. Yes. The VR. Put your teeth into Luna. The VR headsets do go over your glasses, but because I wear glasses and a headscarf, I couldn't get the headset Both over on. my glasses. But you don't need them. If you, I'm very short-sighted, but I could still see everything fine without my specs on. Yeah,
0: someone who's long-sighted might have more yeah. difficulty
1: though. Um, but it's just one of those where if you wear glasses, bring them. Yeah. But if you're in London and decide to go and then you're like, oh, I've not got my glasses, you should be fine.
0: Yeah, because obviously it's a, it's a visual projection, so it is right in front of yeah. your eyes. Um, so, despite there's a, a 3D element, like it does look 3D, yeah. it looks very three dimensional. Yeah. Um, but it does, it is literally screens in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that ends sort of the part one of the whole album. So the boatman now takes you off the boats and sends you upstairs to the bar. Yeah. Which is the Red Weed Bar. And this was very, very good. I thought it was a brilliant way of adapting that song. Yeah. Because the Red Weed song is very quiet after everything you've just been through.
1: And not much really happens during it. It's very calm and... Yes.
0: Um,
1: And eerie.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention some something that happened earlier in the spirit of man mm-hmm. the pictures on the wall yes there's the pictures on the wall that. reflecting the album art of the original album but they have projections going onto them so like for example with the red weed the pit the amazing picture the painted picture that's in the album liner yeah. is the village you get you get the town center but now the red weed kind of spreads yeah. in all over the place and until it envelops yeah. the picture. Fantastically. It's done.
1: horrible. Uh, it's very, very, very good though. It's very effective because it really is creepy.
0: Yeah. We actually sat underneath that one while yeah. we were having our dinner. It was um uh, almost hypnotic to watch yeah. it over and over again. Um, but so. yeah, the red weed bar itself, the two barmaids that we had in there were staying in character. Yeah. And they were saying this is a rescue centre, and you're not being served alcohol no. here. Okay, if anyone asks, you didn't get any alcohol in here.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it, but it, you know it is a fully yeah. functioning bar. Yeah,
1: and we had a red weed cocktail, didn't yes,
0: we? Yes, and an antidote shot, which they actually pipette out some little red yeah. things. But the actual room itself, it's called the Red Weed Bar because all across the walls is made to look like the red weed. Yeah. And it was done with like fibre optic cables yeah, and
1: And um oh, I don't I don't even know what the material was, which is a shame because I want to do it for Halloween this year. <laughs> I want to do like the living room with all the red weed.
0: Oh it'd take a lot of it. Oh, um.
1: Yeah. I'll see red yarn, red creepy paper, you know. <laughs> um but it was just so it was. It was the little details like that that I think made it.
0: I should point out you didn't misspeak crepe paper there. Yeah. That was a what we do in the shadows yeah. reference for anyone <gasps> who does that. Do
1: we need to do a podcast on that. As oh, well. I will. <laughs> um,
0: but yes, um, it was. It was very good. Yeah. Very much enjoyed it. Um, the the atmosphere of it. And there was even, like, a, a big sign-up saying, like, an, like an emergency yeah. sign and rules for the emergency shelters and stuff, yeah. which was very clever. Um, but, obviously, you, you arrive in groups, so two groups are in this bar at the same time, mm. and, like, one group will go ahead of you, yeah. and they get taken to the church by the curate, um, who, in our performance, was a uh young lady um she, she was, was
1: terrifying she, she gave was played me,
0: by hannah henderson
1: she gave me proper like school mom vibes like my old yes. mistress from my school. she comes in
0: in a black She's victorian gown big hat and uh, a lantern holding yeah. a lantern to like usher you through
1: yeah.
0: um very very good yeah very very good and she ushers you into a graveyard So you are outside of the church, there's a statue in front of you, there's um, all sorts of other things. Oh, and when we arrived in London, forgot to mention this, you come to a little bit where you're in the houses outside London before you go into Carrie's residence with the letter that's pinned to the door um, that she leaves for George.
1: Mm. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah,
0: and there were letters pinned all over like and there was
1: handwritten
0: handwritten letters pen and
1: parchment like yeah, yeah.
0: Of, of people saying we've had to leave London. If you read this, go get yeah. out.
1: There was one that was a kid's letter to Santa. A kid's letter to which Santa heartbreaking. <laughs>
0: yes, although slightly anachronistic because would someone in the Victorian era have called Father Christmas Santa uh, as opposed to Saint Nicholas? Or uh, picky, picky. either way, um, that's the only only real yeah, anachronism, anachronism <laughs> I could find though. Yeah to be honest, except for the VR headsets, but that's kind of explained well, yeah. as the miracle of modern science yes. post-Martian <laughs> invasion. Um, but yes, the curate leads you through into the confession booth. Mm. And this is where you got the brilliant adaptation of yeah. the spirit of man. Um,
1: And this was so unnerving because you were split up for the first time. Yes. You each went into your own confession booth and the door like slammed shut behind you.
0: Yes, these automatic doors that just slam. And
1: Uh, that was really quite scary. But yeah, you
0: put the headset on and then all of a sudden the curate is next, uh, not the curate, the parson, parson Nathaniel is next to you. And the facial animation for him mm. was brilliant. Yeah. It was just perfectly motion captured from what had no doubt been the actor's original performance. Yeah. And he starts talking and taking confession, but then starts accusing you yes. of wickedness and, and of how course, you're a devil. And, we'd
1: just come from the bar that apparently, you know, air quotes, didn't serve alcohol. And yes. And I was like, how did he know? Yeah, and he
0: starts <laughs> talking about... Um, you know, alcohol and hedonism and and all sorts of wickedness that's beset upon humanity. Oh, it was
1: yeah. fantastically done. Um, it felt like he was right up in your face as well.
0: Yeah, even though he was separated by uh, yeah. the 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 confessional booth. Yeah. But then he's glaring at you. He's gritting teeth. He's he's snarling yeah. at you. And then you hear Beth calling for him. You hear Beth going, Nathaniel. And then the curtain in front of you opens, the parson leaves the confession booth, and you see in this big, lovely cathedral church, yeah. very very Catholic church, stained glass windows and all sorts. And they basically have a fight. Yeah. Where they are enacting the lines mm. of Spirit of Man.
1: Yeah, and it is lifted straight from the Yes. From the song more or less, isn't it? where she said pretty much yeah some things worth living and trying
0: for yeah and it was oh it was so good yeah but then like he, he he's thrashing he's going mad and he knocks the candelabra over and it starts causing a fire and then all of a sudden you hear the Martian fighting machines outside
1: yeah and then
0: a tentacle smashes through the window in front of you and i think it gr- grabbed the parson didn't yeah. it uh or grab no grab Beth, Beth. Grab yeah. Beth, as in the original story, where Beth dies. Um, and then I think, like, she was killed. So the parson was like, did his whole. Why you, would the
1: devil, take one, would the devil take
0: one of his own? And then it comes and snatches the box that you're in. And then it fades yeah. to black. And now you're in a Martian yeah. ship.
1: But also, during that bit, there was, like, some sort of effect that actually grabbed you. Like it was grabbing my hand, because I'd got my hands to steady myself because it's a bit dizzying with the VR headset on. Yes. And there was something that was like grabbing my fingers.
0: Oh, yeah, something tried to grab me through the the window at some point. So I stepped back and then I knocked the doors open behind me. (laughs) And then someone came and closed them again. Um,
1: You didn't tell me that.
0: (laughs) It was the Um, only slight bit of immersion breaking that we had. But what Um, I thought
1: was really good as well is that I I think, from what I could hear going on around me the grabs were timed so it would grab everyone separately because I could hear people, like, yelping from the other boxes.
0: Yes. Well, this is while you were in the um the Martian machine. Was it?
1: Oh, Because yes.
0: okay. you're in the... Well, I mean, there was something happened earlier on. Yeah. I can't remember what. But, yeah, you're in the Martian machine and you, you see the interior of a Martian machine. I think there was a Martian in front of us and there's, like, pistons going and all yeah. sorts of bits. And George is describing about how... We're inside the Martian machine, there were cells either side of yeah. us, and these tentacles would reach out and grab people. And one does try and come into your booth at one point, yeah. and that's where you start hearing the screws. And you start hearing people jump around you yeah. as the tentacles are like grabbing yeah. people from either side of you. So clever! Yeah. It's, it was a repetitive bit of animation,
1: yeah.
0: Um, like the animation was on a loop, I noticed for this bit, but it.
1: I, did, I didn't notice. I was, yeah. I was... Yeah, the tentacles were going in. to the
0: same place. Oh,
1: okay. But that's the
0: thing, you were drawn into yeah. it, and it was very atmospheric, and it didn't overstay its welcome, I don't think. Mm. And I think it was done so that you could get a good scare out of everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Before you uh, progressed further. Um, um, and it was so...
1: Cause Obviously, in the book, you don't see inside a Martian. do You're Like, you not caught inside a Martian. No. So you don't see inside it. Mm. Or inside one of the fighting machines, because I know you see the actual like creature, don't you? Because it gleams like wet leather with a slathery mouth. But you don't see inside the fighting machine. Not to the same extent, no. I think you do in the live show. But it's so... I don't know, well thought out. It's like, how can we immerse this person in a fighting machine without actually moving them yes and I thought that was so clever and the fact no. that you could hear screams all around you and people jumping and then you saw tentacles dragging people and it felt like they've grabbed my you know the other people yeah. in my group
0: and like you said with it being the first time that we are truly alone yeah. as well and like when you go into this confession booth uh, originally the, it's two sides of the room so there yeah. was like six cause there's enough space for twelve in each party I think so there's yeah. Two uh two rows of six. So some people were on like the other side of the room to us as well, so we were even more separated. Yeah. So now you're getting screams not just to the left and the right of you, but behind yeah. you as well. Um very clever. Yeah. Uh you know, screams and yells and swear words depending on the person. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, then it go, fades to black again, and then all of a sudden your cell in the Martian ship opens and there's George in front of you. And it's like it's you. I wasn't expecting to see you. And he says, come this way. I've, I've rescued some others. We're going to escape. Yeah. Um, and then that's when someone comes into the room and says, quickly, take off your helmets.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, take off your helmets, come with me. And there's two people, one for each side. Yeah. Um, only one of them is credited on the board. Yeah. Um, I believe, I believe it's this gentleman anyway, Al the Doctor, um, who was played by Aaron or Aaron Kehoe. Um, mm. And he was quite good, but he yeah. had his sister with him as well, yeah. who didn't get named, I don't think. No,
1: he just referred to her as my sister.
0: Yes, and they lead you to a a metal... T- the, now you come out of the confession yeah. booth the opposite way to where you went in, and you're inside something that's styled to look like the inside of the Martian yeah. ship. Um, that's bits of green neon lighting yeah. and lots of metallic effects. And you're led to a metal slide, like a metal tube slide. Yeah.
1: And they said it's one of the tentacles. Or what, yeah, or or one of the, the tentacles or one of the
0: legs, and we're going to yeah. s- escape that way by going down. So Al goes down first, and then knocks on the bottom, which was very cool and very immersive because you know exactly when to get send yeah. someone else down because someone's knocking. Yeah, and I was the last person down for this one, and the sister says, "Tell my brother I've gone to rescue more people." i'm like okay yeah uh and then i go down and then he told me off for leaving yeah. his sister behind he was like you let her
1: yeah <laughs> um and that was again that was so because they were hurrying they were banging on the doors and saying mm. hurry up put that down and i was panicking
0: yes and it's like i had
1: to take my specs off so i was trying to get this vr helmet off and,
0: and put get my glasses specs on. on yeah
1: and then hobble along because i would not brought my walking stick and it. Was, And you do, you find yourself, like, your heart starts racing and you get sweaty palms. I think it
0: was after the break you've had for Red Weed in the Red Weed bar, this is a perfect way to bring everything back. Um, Because obviously the first VR experience that you end Act 1 on is quite intense. Yeah. Um, And you know, Spirit of Man is this very involved, very dramatic song that yeah. leads straight into leads into Brave New World, which again is a very big, very dramatic yeah. song. Um but in this you've got to make it immersive, you've got to keep the action up. Yeah. And it was the same as what they did with the first half.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought with Horsel Common and the fighting machines and yeah. stuff where they they're keeping the action, they're keeping you doing something. Yeah. And
1: you really do feel the urgency. Yes. <laughs> yeah. you yes.
0: Know. Um I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. So then you get led to um, this house, and there's like mad scrawlings on the walls, mm. and it looks like a bombed out mansion.
1: Yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden, Roland bursts in yes. through the door with a bottle on. Yeah. And staggering a bit. Yeah. Very brilliant performance mm. by the actor. He was. He did a brilliant yeah. job, and he kind of looked and went. I recognise all of you. And he sort of, Al sort of leaves you in Roland's care. Yeah. And Roland explains how he's been hiding for weeks. Mm. Um, And then he leads you into these little booths where you get Brave New World. And a shortened version of it because Brave New World's like 12 minutes long. Yeah. Um,
1: And it's done as like a...
0: You're separated into fours for this, aren't you? Um, And it's
1: like a 360 dome Projection, isn't yeah, it? like
0: a, a projection, Yeah, it's like a planetarium-style projection. And very, very dizzying, because it's like the the camera is flowing around yeah. this three-dimensional space underground, but then the buildings and railings and everything start shooting up. Yeah. But then they don't follow any sort of organised geography yeah. or geometry. It goes very, very MC Escher.
1: Thank you. I couldn't think... I was going to say it's like that... that um... The painting with the staircases, but yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah,
0: very M.C. Escher. Um, very, very good, though. Yeah. And, go on, you were about to say um, something.
1: No, I was just going to say that um, this might be me, this is the English graduate in me coming out, but it was really dizzying. Like, yeah. I felt so motion sick when we were done.
0: Yeah, even though and you're... of
1: because you're still. You're, but, you're sat on a seat you. with your
0: head facing up.
1: Um, But, of Um, course, I'm there thinking, because it was so confused, and we do learn that the artilleryman claims to have a plan, but not so really. And I sort of thought that that's a really good example of how his champagne-addled mind is jumping from one thought to another.
0: Yeah, and then you got a bit of narration in the audio, um, but it was done with the new actors, because the, the actor playing the artilleryman on that... did actually sound like Roland, the actor playing Roland. And obviously it was the new recording of George Herbert and there was like a little interaction and an argument between them. about like, you're a mad dreamer, I have to get away from you. You want to play games? And then like, all right, then get out, all of you. Yeah. And then that was coming over the speakers and then the the projection went off and then we heard Roland outside going, all right, all of you out, sling your hook. You know, like that. Um which makes me think, um, the bit earlier with the Eli, the yeah. nurse, where we hear her get shot, was that another one of yeah. these recorded ones done by the cast? Because she was actually quite a way yeah. away and she'd obviously had to set up the room.
1: I yeah. mean obviously
0: the bloodstains are probably painted on, but she had to set up her prop wound yeah. and everything like that. Um, you know. Very, very clever.
1: Yeah. Um but the thing I liked with Roland yeah. is that he played it... When you first went in, and he was just staggering a little bit, you thought, OK, he's had too much champagne. When you came out... Yes. He was a man who'd lost it. Like, he was convinced he had this plan, but he was very, very delusioned. Mm. Also, <laughs> once again, I managed to bump my head. Mm-hmm. coming out. Of- I must be taller than I think I am.
0: Probably, cause yeah. Because I'm
1: forever bumping my head. And he said to me, are you all right? I said, are you sure we're safe down here? And he said, well, I've not heard one of those things for months. And then all of a sudden we're there hearing Oolah.
0: Yeah, you're hearing Oolah. And he says, oh, oh, uh, you know, get out of here. You'll, you'll be you'll be, fine. And um, sends you through to... Um, sends you through to a room at... Well it says as an engineer works yeah. out of here. Um you looks, know, looks let him like deal a, with you.
1: Makes me think of like a communications station, you know, like they used to have during the war and they'd tap yes. out Morse code radio. Yeah, there was it like a radio like and a telephone and yeah. stuff
0: like that. Um I should mention there's there's like other people listed in the cast um in the little programme that we've got who aren't on the the sheets. That we've got, and I don't know if some of them were some of the the voices that we could hear, perhaps,
1: mm, possibly,
0: um,
1: or maybe understudies.
0: Well, I don't know, or or maybe the people that we saw were the understudies. Well, I mean, yeah. some of, looking through this list, some of them are the ones that we saw. Yeah. Um, but then there's others, and I'm wondering if they were uh, characters that we saw or could hear in these. Yeah these things because the the reason I say that is because there's a character who comes in here over the radio and it's a a general or something and he's saying how you know, Britain has fallen and it's yeah. like the end of days which is very yes. tense. Yeah. <laughs> um but then the engineer comes in and the engineer is played by uh Douglas Santillo. And he he only interacted with us briefly. Yeah. Um, he was probably the character we interacted with the least. Yeah. Um, but he basically takes you through to the next room where there's a whole load of hot air balloon cradles. Yeah. And it's another VR experience. Yeah. Um,
1: and he actually says he's taking you to George Herbert. Yes. Like, reuniting you.
0: Yes, because when you put the VR headset on... This time, it's literally just you and George Herbert in the airship. Yeah. In the in the hot air balloon, despite the fact there's two people per ha- yeah. Per hot air balloon.
1: Which again is really weird. Yes. Because I could, re- I would like reach my hand out, and I could feel that you were there, but, but you I couldn't, couldn't see, see you. you.
0: <laughs> yes, at least on the the Thunderchild and Forever Autumn section, I could see you. Yeah. I could see, and weirdly enough, when you were turning your head, I could see which direction you were looking you were. in that one. Yes. Yeah. I also noticed, because I started playing with the VR when I was in the cubicle, Yeah, um, that you could actually see your hands in front of your fi- yeah. face. Oh, and it, it would actually digitise like your doing, hand.
1: Like they're doing all the films, where you turn your hands over really slowly to look at both sides. I VR. tried to
0: see if I could link my fingers, of- and it didn't quite work. Yeah. Um, but very impressive, yeah. considering I, I don't know what sensors it was using to do that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're on the um, the hot air balloon, you fly out of this underground tunnel um, where the artilleryman's made his home.
1: Yeah.
0: And you fly over the ruins of London, but now the Martians are staggering around or or crashing or colliding or what have you. And it's where you basically get dead London. And... But, without the the kind of suicidal madness that yes. the narrator has in the original, yeah, um because George was a bit more encouraged yeah. and like what's happening to them, yeah, um
1: and also this is George telling his story, so if he's trying to impress upon you what happened, would he want to admit to how mad he'd been?
0: Oh, I never thought of that,
1: yeah, yeah, unreliable narrator, yes but then
0: um. <laughs> But then you land in front, uh, amongst a crowd in front of this tall Martian that's just gone stuck yeah. still. And you get... Uh, Carrie's there. Yeah. And she's writing, and she's writing about the germs killing them. Yeah. And George comes out and hugs her and embraces yeah. her, which is brilliant. But then uh, the air balloon that you're in takes off. And leaves George and Carrie. And as they tell you, the last parts of Dead London Part 2, where they explain about, you know, from the moment the Martians landed and breathed our air, drank our water, they were doomed. And you fly through a blood vessel, and you see, like, um, all the bacteriophages and everything like that inside the blood. And then you fly above the Earth, and then you fly to Mars... And as you come to land on Mars in this hot air balloon, a big plate in the ground opens and you see thousands of fighting yeah. machines. Like <sighs> in every direction all yeah. around you in 360. And you get the big la and then yeah. the credits.
1: Yeah.
0: And, ah, oh, brilliant.
1: Amazing. It, I
0: think it kept the, the horror of the yeah. original epilogues. Yeah. Um, the original NASA epilogue. Yeah. While still keeping some of the hopefulness of the original epilogue. And
1: they all lived happily ever after.
0: Or yeah. They? Yeah. Very much so. So, yes, yeah, so then we came off the hot air balloons uh-huh. and met Funk. Yes. Who gets you to pose for your pictures and explains yeah. how like, you walk through a hall of... Um, triumphant news, newspaper, newspaper clippings yeah. and people talking about George Herbert's story, I noticed. Yes. But a mixture of, like, historical characters yeah. that were around yeah. at, at the time who would have possibly reviewed George yeah. Herbert's story, including H.G. Wells himself. Oh, there fantastic. was a quote there from H.G. Yeah. Wells. It's so uh, clever. Like,
1: I honestly think if you were a detail oriented person you could spend double the amount of time in some of these settings that mm. you do because there's just so much attention being paid to all of the details oh yes and
0: i mean it's it's about two hours but yeah. they kind of it has to be time limited yeah but i would love to go in there and read all the details yeah. and look at all those sets and just yeah. pour over them
1: oh, yeah, i'm, I'm really fantastic. nosy as well so yeah
0: absolutely fantastic attention to detail um, and then Funk brings you out into the main bar
1: yeah.
0: with a chorus of, ladies and gentlemen, we have survivors!
1: And then everyone and in the bar claps.
0: Everyone in the bar claps for you, which is fantastic. Yeah. And also when you get summoned from the bar, the Martian lets off like a, s- a uh, jet of steam. Yeah, it's doesn't like, it?
1: um, what's it, dry Co- ice, Coloured smoke,
0: which smells very nice.
1: Yeah, love the smell of dry uh. ice, but...
0: <laughs> But it lets it's off like this me. coloured smoke to bring yeah. you all in, um, in your group. Um,
1: um, and it's just so, like the one thing I've really taken from it is you know when you come out and it yeah. says you, you have we have survivors, you feel like you've survived something. Yes. <laughs> and it's like you go through the whole thing and you are perfectly safe, and they say all the way through. If you need help, if there's you know if you can't walk over the rickety bridge or if you can't do the slide or or if you if have you, a
0: problem with the uh, your VR or anything or like that.
1: If you want to come out, and they said because the, I think is it ten the minimum age? Yes. So they said if the little ones are getting scared, you yeah, know, shouldn't call ten year olds little ones, but you know what? Well, I mean. yeah. Then just ask, and you can come, and you know you're safe logically, mm. but when you're there. Oh, Goodness yeah. Goodness me. Like, you feel like you've gone through it. And so when people are clapping because you've survived, the bow you take is quite genuine.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I
1: took a bow. Of course I took a bow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stage schooling you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I. the thing that I found myself wondering about, and we had this discussion on the way, on the tube back to the hotel, mm. Was oh, oh, by the way, the food's amazing yes. as well. Um The ticket you booked for us had, like, dinner and money off the merch. Yeah. And, and
1: the red weed cocktail was included. The
0: yeah, the cocktail at the red weed bar, and and we got a meal which yeah. included like a main and a dessert. Yeah. So you oh no, we bought the didn't buy the desserts extra.
1: Yes, you got the main and the drink.
0: Main and the drink. That was it.
1: Um, but for dessert, I actually had some of Peggy's apple pie.
0: Yes. And I had a Thunder Child Ale, which was very nice, yes. very, very tasty. Uh, would recommend. Would have again. I'm not even much of a, an ale drinker, no. but it was very, very yeah. tasty. Um, and unlike a lot of pale ales, wasn't citrusy or anything. No. It tasted very hoppy.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is good. It actually tasted like a yeah. beer, but it was a pale ale. Yeah. Um,
1: and um, they also, just as a little segue, mm. I noticed that the menu had vegetarian, vegan, and gluten free options.
0: Yes. Um, but yes, it was very, very good. The food was good. But yeah, what I was saying is um, I ended up thinking about the alternate history of this. Yes. Because because the immersive experience is set at a time after the invasion, Mm. and it's telling you the true story of the invasion, and it's done in such a way that it explains that there's almost like a secret to it with yeah. with the British Empire taking credit. Yeah, um, it had me thinking like, you know, if this was set in 1904, was it even 1908? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> ten years after the invasion, yeah. Um, so we're in the early 1900s now. What would happen next? Yeah. Because World War One isn't far away from that. No. So it's like, would World War One happen differently?
1: Yeah.
0: Would would powers like Germany be less willing to take a pot shot at the British oh, yeah. Empire because the British Empire claims to have defeated the yes. Martians? Would would the British Empire be able to use Martian technology? Because yeah. that's like a key part of Brave New yeah. World where the artilleryman says, you know, maybe we'll capture a fighting machine. That'll be our turn to do some wiping out, yeah. you know. It's there's so many implications. The
1: thing that it honestly got me wondering about yeah. was um the women's suffrage cause.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Because carrying this had a much bigger role. Yeah, she seemed to be much more active within her role. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, you see her, she's writing and...
0: She was also wearing trousers at the start, which I thought was a nice touch.
1: Yeah, and there's like um, Eli, the nurse, who, she says she's a civilian. Mm. And um, it's one of those where the women obviously would have been, they would have ended up taking a much more active role. Yes. So it's like in the case of women's suffrage would it be like well you know they're not that hysterical <laughs> they they yeah. managed to get us through a Martian invasion <laughs> look at look how they
0: managed during the the Martian crisis yeah. because uh, in the book especially um, in the original novel it's very much implied that britain is the only place attacked like hg wells goes to to quite a, quite great lengths i think to count the amount of cylinders that appear.
1: Yeah.
0: And they... He makes reference to the cylinders that arrive and how many fighting machines come out of each cylinder and where they all land. And it's all based on how many explosions he saw on Mars at the start. Yeah. Um, Which is about six, six to seven, I think. Yeah. And I think the cylinder that lands on the house is the sixth cylinder. Mm. So it's the last one. Yeah. Um, Now, in the Jeff Wayne version, there is the line at the end of Thunderchild where it says, cylinder followed cylinder.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I don't think is in the original novel. Ah. Which implies that there's a much greater Martian presence. Yeah. But even then, it's still very much implied to be the focus is on Great Britain.
1: Yeah.
0: But they also said in the, sta- in the immersive experience that millions of people died.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, the Martians attacked London and killed millions of people. Yeah. Um, now, the population of London, I don't think, was millions no. of people at that time. So it's like, did they attack other places in Europe yeah. or did they just cut a swath through the countryside before yeah. they died?
1: you know i'm not really given it much thought but it's an interesting question
0: see it's one of those that starts to play on my mind and i think well the martians presumably didn't survive long in our atmosphere um i think several weeks to a month at most yeah. before they're wiped out yeah but they seem to have done considerable damage during that time yeah because it's like not just the ones that they exterminate with the heat ray not just the ones that they fight not just the ones that get killed in the panic but also the ones that they then feed from yeah as well so yeah it's it's intriguing yeah. i find so i find the idea of the of the alternate history and what the world could look like in this scenario yeah. very intriguing
1: yeah i did find myself thinking because I love a good conspiracy theory. You know, I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. And part of me was thinking, what if this was like a whole, almost like a conspiracy theory that had been cooked up. You know, like you get the National Enquirer, that kind of thing. Yeah. And whether we were actually watching somebody's conspiracy theory.
0: Of what actually happened. Oh, they were killed by germs.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, and they're like, look at... we couldn't have killed this many people with the artillery and, you know, look at this. And yeah. and it is, it's like a, a conspiracy theory. <laughs> this is what actually happened kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I might, but obviously I'm reading far too much into it. I mean, maybe I just that, thought,
0: that's part of the fun of it, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's just one
1: of those. I just thought it would be so funny, which is why George Herbert in this experience hmm. is... He doesn't have as, he doesn't talk so much about running away, because he no. talks a couple of times about running away, doesn't he? In, yes. Um, um, in the narration, because he like hides under the hides water. in the river at
0: some point. At one um, point, yes.
1: And when the parson gets taken by oh, excuse me, <clears throat> when the parson gets taken by um,
0: by the tentacle. The
1: tentacle. He says, and there was nothing I could do to stop him. In this, it's not mentioned at all.
0: Yes. Um, I mean the parson dies in a, a different way in this. D- yeah, but yeah. But do you
1: know what I mean? And then um and of course it's like, Well, if George Herbert is telling this story mm. and he is in league with Grimaldi and Fo- is it Falk?
0: Fonk. Funk. Funk. Yeah.
1: And he's in league with them, could it be that he is the unreliable narrator sort of portraying himself as the the hero and the one that discovered everything. He's the one that realised that it was bacteria that took them down.
0: Oh yeah, you know, I suppose
1: he's the one that. Um, well, I think
0: in in the actual, in this it was Carrie that well, was, was she was she was writing that yeah. when the balloon landed. Well,
1: he and Carrie then, but yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like it was all George Herbert. George Herbert was the one that um, in this at least was with Professor Ogilby when he saw the Martians landing. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and of course it's like. It, to my mind i just liked reading it as it's all george herbert telling his own bombastic story.
0: <laughs> yes, of course he's involved in all of it. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Um
1: which is why carries included more as well because i can imagine her being there like tapping on the shoulder like "excuse me." Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not writing me out of this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but yeah, i i thought it was absolutely fantastic i I really enjoyed it really
1: enjoyed it
0: um the whole experience the whole setting was so well done yeah
1: and you forget that you're in i want to say it's not a warehouse but it's not a huge sprawling building either so everything is quite tightly packed within itself but yeah. it feels like you've traversed across the country. I mean,
0: some of the rooms that we were in have to have been right behind other rooms. Yeah. But the soundproofing was phenomenal because yeah. you couldn't hear a damn thing. No. Yeah. And it's like, there's the in the spirit of Man Bar, there is music playing and it is quite loud music. Uh, there's lots of hits of the 70s and 80s. Yeah. But then occasionally like a bit from one yeah. of the original albums will play. Yeah um never the full song no. but always just a bit i think while we were here we were there we heard a bit from spirit of man mm-hmm. we heard eve of war we heard yeah. brave new world we heard uh forever autumn
1: yeah
0: I didn't hear thunder child no but you know um so they were playing like every hour or so yeah um because we heard like one before we went in and yeah. we heard the other three while we were having lunch so about every half hour 40 minutes yeah. something maybe well
1: dinner because we, yeah. we went in the evening we, we did in the show, evening. Was it not lunch dinner so.
0: um but the red weed bar was right next yeah. to us and we only know that because an old couple came through the door and um the person who was working the merch booth who we've been speaking to said yeah they missed the boat ride they had to go back and yeah. do it um and i was like oh okay um, and obviously because the, the boat ride is right before the Red Weed, they yeah. went through the Spirit of Man, through the Red Weed, into that. And they came back through. I was like, it was only when I looked through the door that had opened, I was like, that's the Red Weed bar yeah. back there. But when you're in the Red Weed bar, you can't hear no. any of the sounds from the Spirit of no. Man bar. And it actually feels hidden. Yeah. And you get a sense of the geography as you're going round. Like there's a staircase down from Horsell Common... And then there's a staircase up from the boats yeah. to the red weed bar. But then at the same time, you go down some steps, you go down the slide. Yeah. Um, and then you come up again with funk at the end. Yes. So it's like, there's a significant portion of it on the lower level.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's just, I I know I keep saying it, but it is so immersive. Mm. Um,
0: and the doors and to go like, in and yeah. out are quite close as well, so you, those must be very close inside. Yeah. Because, like when Grimaldi was introducing it, he said, "You can hear our company of actors practicing in the next room." Because that was the only time we could hear something else. Yeah. And I think it must have been Funk talking to yeah. the group that was finishing at that point. Yeah. Because that's the only other thing I yeah. can think it would be.
1: Um, but it's just um. For me as well, it was all of the small details, like the flooring was different in every room. Mm. So that kind of trip... Well, it did actually literally trip up someone in our group. Yeah, but it,
0: there's a bit where you're in London, it's like London cobblestones.
1: But it throws you off where you are because it just feels different. Yes. Um, and smells different. Like there was Yeah, different there were a couple of smells, smells as well. Smells and scents and...
0: Um, but yeah, so, so clever. And so well done. And I had something else I was about to say, and it's completely gone.
1: Sorry, did I distract you?
0: No, it's, I can't think what it was.
1: Um, and what I thought was brilliant as well is the fact that all of the actors stayed in character, and a lot of it was improvised. Because obviously yes. they had a script. Yes. Because they had to keep it moving along.
0: Well, uh, but yeah. But they
1: also interacted with the people that were there... Yeah. And that was improvised. And to stay in character mm. and improvise that. Like, um, when we were in the parlour with Peggy, she tried to get you to sing Daisy Daisy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, because you were clinging on to me to be life apparently. She's kind of... Because
0: she's, kind of, um, she's starting to panic as well. So she's like, go on, sing us a song, love. Sing us a yeah. song. Um, which was... Yeah, it was very good. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. It's when we're in the we were in the red weed bar like i said there's two groups in the red weed bar at any time um so we arrived as the second group coming in the group ahead of us went ahead about 10 minutes after we arrived in there then another group arrived about 5 minutes after them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then they were in there for about 10 minutes before we went through so there's only what's that 25 minutes half an hour between each group
1: yeah
0: which means it must be so well rehearsed between the two yeah groups especially when when you think of a character like the artilleryman which is presumably why there's two actors playing the artilleryman because it's quite an intensive role while one's at one half of the thing the other one's at the other half and and so on because it's the only character that appears in both halves um and yeah, so everyone has to, to get ready and and take the time. And yeah. I think that's why some of the VR sections maybe were quite long. Yeah. Um, like the Spirit of Man one. I keep calling it the Spirit of Man even though it's not the song Spirit of Man because yeah. it's the bit where you're in the fighting machine. Yeah. And like I said, it was looping and it went on for a little bit. And I think that was because it's to wait the time to keep yeah. the timing between the groups.
1: Yeah.
0: It's so well done.
1: Um And it must be so so, finely rehearsed. And it does feel choreographed, that's the only way I can put it. It's like everything it's either on a musical cue or a
0: An acting an acting
1: cue. Or even a visual like a light going off or, you know
0: Yeah. But it's not done in a way that feels rehearsed. No, exactly and makes when you look sense.
1: back over it. Yeah,
0: it's very it feels very improvisational yeah. and it feels so immersive. Yeah. I mean, clues in the name, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Um and I think also props to the actors because they were the ones who realised like they, they worked out these are the members of the party that we can spook. These are the members of the party we can We can um, pick on and get interaction with. Like, with. Um, there was one this poor woman, she just the she was the one where on the common the heat ray went and she jumped. Yes. And after that people realized she was the jumpy one. Yeah. So like the artillery man came rushing in at one point and made her jump. Made as a well. jump. Yeah. And it's yeah. So it's very clever because you have a different group each time, so you have a different audience each time. Yes. So they have to adapt it for each individual party that's going through.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean Yeah, it was very, very good. Um,
1: Good birthday present?
0: Very good. (laughs) Um, And we'll definitely go again. Yeah. Yes. Um, So, yeah, that's our little review. I I said it'd be a short one. I said it'd be a short one, not quite so short when we got into it because we wanted to give you a... You know, there's probably a lot of people out there who probably won't be able to go and experience this live, or if they will, they might not be able to go for years
1: um, I know our, our youngest, he's six, and he's he decided that when he turns 10 for his 10th birthday, he wants to go to War of the Worlds. Yeah,
0: and I, I think if this is successful, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't still be running no. in four years. Um, But yeah, it's brilliant. If you have the chance to go see it at any point, if you're in London and you have a chance to go and see it, go to it. It yes. is
1: Oh definitely. Especially
0: for the price point in London.
1: Well, yeah. As
0: well for for what it is as a theatre show and especially if you go yeah. with, with the extra ticket and get the meal included yeah. and you got 20 pound off the at the yeah. merch stall. I mean the album on its own is 15 pounds. Yeah. So yeah, And
1: you got your photos as well. Yeah,
0: so we got the album for free and the photos. You yeah. got two photos at the end cuz two tickets. Yeah. Um, and
1: it is one of those where if you buy the VIP ticket Yeah you can go and literally not have to spend any more money. Yeah. It, I mean, we chose like to, tube fees and stuff,
0: yeah, you? we chose to because we got extra merchandise and we got some, um,
1: we got some cocktails, didn't we? We got some and cocktails got and we got some
0: yeah. dessert and things like that, but absolutely brilliant yeah. for what and, it, for the price it is, it is yeah. in central London as well. Yes. Cause it was, it's not far from Aldgate. So it's pretty much central London.
1: Mm yeah um, and it's very accessible yes i don't much like traveling in london because i'm not a londoner you are yeah so but um i think it was fenchurch street station train station or
0: gay, or gate or all gate east yeah. or bank i think was quite close yeah. as well
1: and it's tube accessible and yeah and also as someone who like i keep saying i use a walking stick um it's not too physically taxing, and I know that there are other routes. So if you are like physically impaired, there are other routes. So you don't have to go over rickety bridges and down stairs and down. Yeah, I mean, and... if
0: you're restricted to a wheelchair, it, you might not be able no. to do it. But um, if you have mobility issues, yeah. I mean, like I said, there was an older couple who was doing it. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have got on fine. Um,
1: yes. And as another note, the staff and work the bar and stuff were so helpful. Yes.
0: And even when there is something that is more physical,
1: yeah.
0: there's usually a moment where you have a break afterwards. Yes. Um, but even the physical stuff is done in such a way that you can... You know, it's not impossible for most people. Um, like climbing into the window. It's yeah. a large window and yeah. it's padded. You know, you're not good, you know. I can vouch unless,
1: for that. Yeah, unless you, <laughs> unless you bang your head
0: like uh, this idiot, um, you'd be completely fine.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and then once you've done that physical bit of getting into the window, you're sat at the dining table. Yeah. Um, for about 15 minutes before you progress. Yeah. So, you know, and that gives you that break before you then get to the next bit on the Scrabble to London. Yeah.
1: And again, it's like. Um, there's sort of like there's bits with rickety bridge, like the rickety bridge, and, but then you're in the boat for Thunderchild.
0: Yes. So and and yeah, like I said, if you're going, if you're going, you can get the the tickets where you get the the free photo. You post for two photos at the end. One is kind of a, a shock, shocked the Martians are coming ah, and another one is a uh, a victory over the Martians pose. And they put several backgrounds on yeah. them as well. So getting a free photo and getting to be able to, to I mean, we got both of our yes. pictures, Uh, one with a red weed background and one with a, uh, a newspaper style background yes. in black and white that says, survivors found yeah. their chances were a million to one. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just brilliant. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, I think if you can get to London and you can experience it with someone i uh, I think in terms of the value for money for a night out in yeah. london
1: it's, it's got really to be really it. up there because you get sort of like you show with your live actors and you get your v r experience and then you get the dinner as well, yeah um. And, I mean, even if you just want to go into the bar, I mean, the Spirit... Is it called the Spirit of
0: Man Spirit bar? Spirit of Man bar. I'm sure they'd probably just let you in the bar if you're just yeah. buying drinks and dinner.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you ask nicely, I'm sure, they're sure they'd let you. Well,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yes, so that's Jeff Wayne's The War of the Worlds immersive experience with layered reality. Um, yeah, go to it if you get a chance. And... That's our review. The Gardo
1: of it. Goes Geek seal of approval. Yes.
0: Yes, maybe I should do that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yes. Gardo would, Goes Geek approved.
1: I would give it 10, ten geeks out of 10. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 10 ulars. <laughs> Until next time, my friends, take care of yourselves. Uh, I've been Gardo.
1: I've been Tallulah.
0: And um, see you in the next episode. Look after yourselves.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Gardo Goes Geek. Your consistent engagement with this podcast and this channel means the absolute world to me, and I am thankful for every single one of you. If you would like to get in touch with me to discuss anything further about the podcast, maybe suggest episodes or topics you might like me to cover then please feel free to reach out. I now have a Discord community which I am trying to build up and I would love to see more of you there. The link for it can be found in my link tree which is published wherever you have heard this podcast. Also, if you would like to support me in any way, um, then please feel free to buy me a coffee on my coffee link. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. (music) Thank <music> you.